This is Human Coined, a series that unpacks the mechanics of public finance, the complexities of democracy, and the societies they ultimately shape. I'm your host, Jeff Dubrow. Join me in a social dialogue that cracks open important issues that are too often ignored here at home and around the world. Maeve Wedevichura, it's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, good evening from the Philippines. I'm May Buenaventura, working with the Asian People's Movement on Debt and Development. And Janet Bamashea from the Westminster Foundation for Democracy. Good to have you. Thank you, Jeff. It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. May, let's start with you. Janet's going to join me a little bit later as a guest interviewer, but let's start with you. If you could talk a little bit about the benefit of country debt alliances. And I say country because I mean, I'd like to start by talking about the country level as opposed to a sort of regional level. Yeah, so um, I can only share with you my experiences, of course. And um, a very clear benefit of having country alliances is, of course, they're very much in touch with the issues on the ground. Uh, they know the issues, they know the language, we know uh, cultural practices also and beliefs, so we need to adjust that as well. But uh, this is not to say that uh, bigger alliances are, they're absolutely necessary, I think, and we actually have a metaphor for how we work, which is how we cook rice cakes in the Philippines, which has coals at the bottom and coals at the top. So it's this... Uh, dynamic between the national, the regional, and the global, because we're addressing different actors. And of course, when you're bigger, that makes for bigger impact rather than if you're only one country speaking out on a specific debt issue, right? Can you give an example of a debt alliance that exists in an Asian country? Yeah, so uh, here in the Philippines, I'm also a member. My national organization is called the Freedom from Debt Coalition. It was uh, it was born during at the very time that uh, we ousted the dictator Marcos, the father of our current president, and this was because um, the government pledged to pay all debts as an as a matter of honor, which we of course challenged. We challenged because uh, this is a uh, debt of an illegitimate regime. It was a dictatorship. And uh, we were saying that those debts, uh, not only did you not consult us, they resulted in violations of human rights and other, other, other harms no? to the environment, to communities, and so on. So it's been around for a long time. It continues to exist. It continues to campaign uh, against laws that... Uh, promote debt dependence and debt accumulation, including also the links between climate uh, that uh, debt uh, reinforces, indebtedness reinforces, and also new with a trend right now of uh, public-private partnerships, which also carries hidden fiscal risks, including debt. So um, we are, that's my national organization and uh, that organization is also part of regional and global alliances. So how complicated is it to get an alliance, a debt alliance started 
for example, you mentioned the debt alliance that exists in the Philippines. Um, you start off with many different organizations with very uh, disparate mandates and disparate goals. How do you bring them together to have an initial conversation about forming that alliance? Okay. Yeah. So there's a di diversity, of course, in terms of, for example, of the specific sector they're working in, the specific issues of that sector. But there's also overarching unities, like how do they see changes uh, in society happening? What is their vision of a society that they, they'd, like, they'd like to build? So uh, you cannot build an alliance with totally divergent uh, members, no? There must be some level of, of shared unity, shared agenda and, and goals, because otherwise, what are you in an alliance for? If uh, you don't have those commonalities, no. So those com those shared uh, vision and um, and goals is the basis for you coming together, because you recognize that uh, there's there's greater strength in uh, more more people, more organizations working together, sharing resources, having a wider reach, no. How do you keep them together? How do you keep those organizations together? You know, it's great to get people together or get organizations together uh, on day one, but how do you keep mm -hmm. that, that reduced sense of mission and yeah. purpose and, and avoid the fragmentation of yeah, so, the organization um, falling apart? As with uh, any um, alliance, but perhaps more so with uh, alliances that aim for social change, um, it's really challenging because the changes do not come fast you know, like you don't like it's not a livelihood project where you see changes in maybe six months like you're going to harvest so and so crops this if you're because it's working on uh social change the 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 gains are can be very incremental and so that needs real commitment mm -hmm. a real passion that uh sl slowly but surely you are you are moving closer to what you aspire for uh there's also of course as as alliances go uh um we reach unities by consensus no uh not uh that's the organizational culture by consensus and not uh, dividing the house uh so that goes through processes of consensus building like if one member does not agree with you on certain issues you start that process of, of uh, discussing with them why do why does the alliance need to fight for this or or protest against this and so on. So it's uh, quite um, painstaking work that which means it's very important uh, that uh, the leadership is has this constancy with the principles of the organization. No? That um, you know that that faith in the in the common agenda and in in your convi conviction in what you're fighting for because otherwise uh it's going to be like uh you know headless chicken running around and of course that will lead to the breakup of the alliance itself there's also threats of from outside like political repression so um during very the relationship we were we had we had very direct experiences with that with harassment with uh, arbitrary arrests of our leaders that takes that takes a real 
strong level of nothing will phase you, nothing uh, so strong is your belief that this is worth, the cost is worth it, that you stay, that you stay the course and, you know, you don't, we don't just hide or retreat or, you know. So that continues to this for, day. For Even Sorry. This, yeah. That con those, those kind of uh, repressive acts continues to this day among our members. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. And of course, that's as a Canadian, that's not the first thing that I think of. So you're absolutely right. It's it's very important to to, to note that the, there are many countries, uh, political activists do face that type of oppression. I, I appreciate you raising that. Uh, what would your advice be for any new debt alliance in a country that has recently experienced debt distress and is going through an IMF agreement? How would that how would that guide their mandate in terms of the action that they take as a debt alliance? Yeah. Well, I believe um, that uh, before you reach that stage where you're going to set up the alliance, there needs to be processes before that. So uh, it's very important to have broad consultations with people that you want to be part of the alliance or, you know, asking them, um, we think this is something we need to do. What do you think? And really asking them uh, that they're involved in the process of setting up the alliance even before it is formally built. So uh, usually that takes the form of a working group a working group of a manageable size of people, not not yet many, but a working group that will uh, do the reaching out uh, while monitoring issues, and then also starting to respond already, even if the alliance is not yet set up, and uh, gaining strength along the way towards a point where uh, you gather enough strength to say, Perhaps we have basis to formalize our ourselves as an alliance. So there's a lot of work before you even reach that point of building the alliance. And from a mandate perspective, you know, what would you advise that that the working group focus on? Um, you know, I can certainly rattle off some potential areas, but do you have any initial advice or thoughts on that? Uh, is that you? Are you particularly referring to a debt working group? No, a debt a debt working group or debt alliance. So, in in light of an IMF agreement and in light of being in debt distress, you know, would the working group? What would sort of be the priority areas for that working group to focus on? Would it be related to, you know, ensuring that whatever fiscal space is remaining? uh is is being used in an equitable way and those are the type of questions that janet is going to pose to you in a couple of minutes would it be related to um for example having in, ensuring that debt commitments are actually being paid off so if there's an imf agreement that those commitments would be paid off would it be related to to uh strengthening debt management guidelines and debt management um legislation to ensure that the, that the government is more capable of paying in the future? Would it be bringing in, you know, finding entry points for civil society and parliament, for example? What would you sort of see as the priority areas? Yeah, so it, it really depends on the people you talk to. If you're, if that's a nation, national based, it's, if that's a working group based in a country, it really depends on the people you communicate with, what do they think are urgent, 
and what is within their capacity because uh, they may recognize as part of the narrative all those issues you mentioned but because of capacity at the beginning stages of organizing uh, it may not be possible to address all so um, is it is it an issue that threatens for example certain sectors that we need to act quickly or is it going to be a working group that's more on the research type or a working group more on the campaigning type so it depends also on how you define that space of the working group but uh the value of that is uh, uh it's a it's a start it's a start that uh, you can build on because otherwise this is just you know um individual talking for example about the dead in sri lanka or guesting in webinars but um together if they if there's some kind of a, you know those efforts that hold a promise of bigger things to come in the form of coalitions or alliances i uh that's the value of uh starting small starting specific and really you know that people are the ones driving it and not outside factors that's really interesting so i'm going to turn it over to janet in a second but i just wanted to say my learning from what you're saying is that you could start small with a working group and it may take a couple of years to morph into a formal alliance mm -hmm. but a, but a working group would be focusing on more specific issues and then as the consensus grows the momentum builds you start working you start widening the scope and widening the organizations and bringing in bylaws etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Janet Bamashai from the uh, Westminster Foundation for Democracy. Uh, you had a couple of questions you were going to ask uh, May about uh, inclusive inclusivity uh, and debt alliances. Yes, that's correct. So, uh, May, May, nice to meet you again. I do think with the increasing debt situation, inclusive policies are becoming more and more important. So, how can the debt alliance create more awareness on the importance of inclusive policy with a limited uh, fiscal debt situation? Mm. Yeah, so even if it's small and, uh, you know, just in the starting phases, I think it's important to be clear amongst uh, the initial members what, uh, guide, what the guiding principles are, as, uh, even in their, even uh, broadly, no? That there's agreement on guiding principles like uh, participation, democratic processes, transparency, and so on. And one of that should include also... Um, uh, women and gender, you know. So in many Asian countries, uh, you often see, uh, even amongst progressive organizations, you often see leaderships that are dominated by men. And it really takes a takes a purposive action to push that there be there be gender parity or you know gender sensitivity to to those issues. So. Uh, the working group could make that a principle, a guiding principle, include uh, in addition to how how they conduct themselves uh, process-wise. They should also include that. I think that uh, uh, there should be gender balance, for example, in who's leading. Uh, certain tasks could be rotated, and it's not only the women who take the notes or document. You know, as as is usually the case. Or do the cooking while the meeting is going on, things like that. So, so and then also, we also have inclusivity. Also means that 
we think about the rural-urban divide because uh, it's usually people from the urban areas, you know, who have a lot of education, who are more articulate and express themselves. And uh, an extra effort needs to be done to bring in uh, uh, individuals who may be farmer leaders or indigenous peoples who are not used to such spaces. So you need to uh, provide the conditions where they can safely feel safe enough to express themselves and um, participate uh, democratically in, in the discussions of the working group. Yeah, um, I think you touched briefly on the impacts of uh, debt policy on gender, and that's an area I just want to delve uh, deeper into um, because it's generating a lot of interest now. Is the Alliance doing anything in that space, the effect of the debt policy on things like gender, climate? Are you beginning to look into other areas as such? Yeah, so uh, to me, a debt alliance, a debt justice alliance, uh, that is key in a debt justice alliance like my own organization uh because um uh women leaders were very act actively engaged so they're they're also feminists so it made sure that in the mandate of my national organization there is a clear recognition of both reproductive and productive work so institutionally you have an organization that recognizes uh the the care work of women as work and as part of uh, th that should be valued in the economy because, you know, mainstream economics does not value that. It's not uh, remunerate, give remuneration for that. And it's just assumed that uh, women will take up the fault what they can no longer afford to buy from the market due to privatization, for example. Thank you, me. I think that's everything from me at the moment. That's, that's amazing, May. I, I, I know you have to jump off in a moment, but I just want to say that I think, you know, I was focusing on the term debt alliance, but the minute you bring in the word justice, everything seems to make more sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that when you're talking about justice, you're talking more about inclusivity, equality, uh, the need to improve processes, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, um, I, I think in, in itself, that's a very, very helpful, helpful term and I think I'm going to go ahead and use the term debt justice alliance now instead of debt alliance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Thank you. That, would, that would mean uh, the process itself is should be just and fair and transparent uh, and equally important as what you establish later on as more formal uh, arrangements. That's right. Well, May, thank you very much for taking the time to be a guest on the podcast again. As, as you know, um, I plan to use some of our discussion for training purposes. So your, your, your voice will be multiplied in many different ways uh, as a result of our conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Janet, thanks again for, for joining as a guest interviewer. I really appreciate your, uh, your, your, your questions. Thank you, Jeff. It's always a pleasure. HumanCoin is an integral part of Nexus PFM Consulting. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also find us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. If you have any questions about the work we do, you can contact us at info at nexuspfm.com.